0: hey everybody it's andy t back again with another episode of recovery friends podcast Um, today we have a friend of mine his name is walter dubs walter w and i've known walter uh, for pretty much the whole time i've been sober which uh, i got sober in 2012 and yeah we've you know seen each other throughout the years and talked and uh you know been friends and friendly for the most part but uh this is probably one of the uh longest obviously it's probably the longest conversation i have with every guest (laughs) being that it's over an hour but uh you know it was really nice to sit down and uh talk and get to know walter on a deeper level uh and again, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, so I hope that you guys um, also enjoy it. And um, and yeah, um, uh, real quick, right before I, I, I uh, present the episode, I'll say uh, you know, the standard um, what is said on this podcast does not express the beliefs of, you know, of um, any AA, NA, 12-step program. Uh, It's just the experience of the speaker and myself, and a lot of the opinions are wrong. Mostly my opinions are usually wrong, (laughs) so uh, please don't take it as gospel. Um, We're just um, recording uh, stories of people who used to drink and drug and and lived a life where a lot of wreckage was left behind them, and uh, now we don't. So, um, hopefully, these stories uh, can be useful to somebody out there, and people can find hope for maybe their own recovery through hearing the stories of um, the guests that we have on. So, without further ado, I give you Walter. we're off okay what's up dude what's up andy <laughs> uh I just, it's like weird pressing record at when we've been talking for like an hour
1: <laughs> yeah should have caught all this shit on tape
0: yeah well i'm sure i'm sure we'll get some good stuff we were, uh,
1: we were boring you didn't miss anything <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so yeah dude uh thanks for being here um oh man it's it's really cool to be here yeah, yeah this is kind of fun thing to do um, i it's, it's been kind of a blessing doing this, so Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm trying, I was trying to think, we've known each other for...
1: Man, ever since I got sober in 2012, the first time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, and I, that's when I got sober in 2012. Yeah. So, it's been, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't... It's,
1: it's I, crazy to think it's been 10 years. Yeah. Especially after all the time I used, you know what I mean, and drank. Yeah. It's just like that time went by. Like, I didn't stay sober the whole time. Yeah. You know, I know you stayed sober the whole time. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that I don't let that sort of, like, thinking about... The time you had. The time I had. Man, because that was a thing for a minute, especially after the first relapse.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's got to be hard. I've seen a lot of people get sober, get some time. Yeah. And then... Not be able to like come back, and that's so like hard to see. I mean, I mean, even harder yeah. to go through, you know, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, but you know, there's, there's plenty of people that do come back. You know, I think the more welcoming people in recovery are, the less judgmental, the more loving and kind, the more likely people are gonna be to, you know, yeah. like there's gonna be that fear, you know, because I remember picking up, you know, coming back in and being like, just so scared of what people think of me, you know, like when people find out, and yeah. just like telling myself God. all this shitty stuff about like what people are gonna, because like my imagination, right? And the, I've lived in a fantasy land my whole life, but it's usually, it's not always good. A lot of times, it's not <laughs> a good fantasy, you know. Just pictured people like
0: booing me, yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean? Like hard booing, you yeah. know what I mean? I go between that, and then like I was talking to somebody <laughs> the other day, and I'm like. Like, how often, like, I'll catch my mind going, like, I bet they're talking about me. Or, or, like, I bet they're thinking... I don't even say I bet they. I just, like, put myself in in, in, in them, and I'm going, like, yeah, that Andy... In my head, I'm going like I'm narrating what they're doing. I'm like that Andy's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you. Andy's so nice and so cool. And I and I'll and I'll catch myself doing that sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? What kind of like psycho am I? I was like imagining people talk like speaking glowingly of me. Oh
1: man, at least you get that look. Look, you like because for me it's the flip side of the coin. Mm. I'm like, oh man, people are always like thinking and talking about me in terms of like the shit that I fucked up like in yeah. sobriety or some of the mistakes that I made and yeah. you know or That's uh,
0: tough too, you know, making mistakes in sobriety and then yeah.
1: and, and think I I mean I've done the
0: stuff that I'm not proud of, you know, in sobriety and just, you know, flogged myself and beat myself up over it oh, and, and, and over and the I'll, littlest shit and the like, dumbest shit and and i'll let it keep me from going to meetings you yeah. know like certain meetings like, yeah. oh, i can't do it you know like so that you're right like the idea when people are super like loving and kind and accepting Just, yeah because that's what we i mean that's what we learn in a yeah. right
1: yeah like i don't even try to like grill nobody you know what i mean because people are like You know, what happened, you know, like trying (laughs) to like get them to elicit some sort of like uh, maybe like for the for the person that's listening. You know, like this is this is what I'm I'm not supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or get you to see like where it is that you fucked up like it was so monumental, you know, and sometimes it just seems like a shame game.
0: Yeah, and like it, and it's never consent. quite so simple as like well, that one thing I did, you know. Sure, but, yeah. Um, and it, and yeah, who knows, man? Lord knows that I've done so many things in sobriety, and and not done so many things in sobriety that I'm. It's a miracle sometimes that I'm sober.
1: Yeah, you know, like no, like, I agree. Dude. Like
0: not done the thing, like because I'm also really hard on myself. Yeah, you know, and if yeah. I'm not doing it perfectly, uh, I feel I. You know, i tell myself i'm a piece of shit. Of you know and uh, I, I i feel this need to be perfect all the time uh but i've definitely not done sobriety perfectly yeah. and lo and behold i'm still here what i've done right I, I honestly like sometimes i think i i know but honestly if i really think about it i'm not 100 percent sure
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know man i just like i mean showing up for life in a way that like carries my life forward instead of like you know i got one foot in the muck you know what i mean like it was drinking and using where i was just Constantly surrounded by fucking quicksand, it mm. seemed like. You know what I mean? Just like up to my neck. Yeah. Can barely take a breath. I mean, you, you just don't
0: give yourself a chance when you're drinking. You know, it's just, you don't have a chance to become a better person.
1: Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't think it was possible to be honest. Yeah. Just like this is the way I am. I was born this way. <laughs> my mom was, you know. Yeah. A demon seed. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I was just born defective. You know. Till you find like this like radical self love or at least try, right? Love myself for what I did that like most people would find repulsive or or harmful and, and then, you know, move forward and just kinda look at that. Yeah. See if like, you know, is like what I'm trying to be. Yeah. Well and it know? also
0: like it starts with the identification too. Yeah. Like I hate myself because I did A, B, and C and then somebody who's like sober and who's like living a life that I that I respect um tells me that they did the same things and that yeah. I'm not like so uniquely horrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's like for me was the first step in like loving myself and just not, you know, thinking that like I'm some kind of horrible human being that does these things that nobody else does. Yeah. You know. Um what is it? um Uniqueness. What is it? Tra- terminal uniqueness. Yeah, terminal yeah. uniqueness. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, anyway, so yeah, I mean, ten years ago—that's a long time. uh I can't even. It's I don't a even crazy know. Crazy long time. I don't even know the first time we met. I don't think. It's, if
1: if if I had to guess, you know, I'd say at what month did you get sober in two thousand twelve?
0: So I got sober in February, but I was in Bridge House yeah. for 6 months. I got out of Bridge House like in whatever 6 months from February. Yeah. But I mean, you start going to meetings and stuff.
1: You you were fully you were about 8 months fully sober before I even stepped into a detox for the first time. Wow. Like it was Christmas Eve 2012. Mm. When I was just like you know It was just another one of those days where i was like fuck my life (laughs) so you went
0: to detox on christmas eve yeah detox
1: on christmas eve i wanted to be like this monumental thing right like like how I try to do everything to where it's like That's everything's got to have a meaning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. somehow that was that was the ticket, right? Like that was the thing I was missing. Yeah, was doing something on Christmas Eve, yeah. and then there's like backstory to that, right? Where I'll get into, yeah, you know, after a minute, but
0: yeah, yeah. So let's just let's do that. Let's let's uh, start where um, you know from the beginning, and then we'll get to that that uh, that christmas eve night Uh, that christmas eve dark night of the soul there's a whole lifetime ahead (laughs) of that shit,
1: you know good and bad i guess whatever i perceived as bad you know
0: yeah so what um tell just start from the beginning what what what, what? so
1: i guess i'll start out uh so i'm 44 years old now i was born in 1980 Mm. 80s baby
0: (laughs) you're 40 44 Forty two. Oh, okay. Forty two.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you could do math like I could do math. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, somehow, bro. That I means
0: was... <laughs> that means I'm forty that means I'm forty two, bro. Get out get out of here. <laughs>
1: you, hey, wait, how old are
0: you? I was born in eighty-two. Eighty-two, okay. Yeah. 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 And I'm turning forty in a few days.
1: Man, that's wild, dude. Forty years old. I never thought I was gonna live to be this old. Yeah. To be honest.
0: It's well, it's and it's crazy. Well, you know, that's a whole other topic, but just be, being forty and not Definitely not feeling 40, and I think most people have that, you know, younger I, image of themselves. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I don't, I, I definitely don't behave at 40, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever that means, you know, <laughs> behave. Like, behave in the way I think a 40-year-old should be. You behave. know, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm more mature than I was, you know, 10 years ago. 100%. You know, definitely more mature than I was for most of my life. Um But, you know, that's all, that's all like, that's all like work, right? That's all so much work. Um, So I was born here in Charity Hospital. Uh, I don't know anybody listening to this is going to know where Charity Hospital is. Um, I lived and grew up for most of my life uh, on the West Bank um, in Gretna, primarily, up until I was about 10 years old. Uh, You know, I had a mom who come. My family's, I consider it to be mixed, you know, because my My mom's grandpa is Puerto Rican and my mom's mom is Cajun French and I never really got to know my dad's family. So it's all, you know, so mixed in a way like I'm Puerto Rican is what I used to say (laughs) all the time, you know, Uh, pretty normal, average family. Uh, Got a brother and a sister, a brother that's 11 months younger than I am, a sister that's three months younger than I am. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my Irish twins is what they call it. You know, me and my bro, me and my brothers Irish twins, evidently. Yeah. Uh I have a uh
0: Both to the same
1: parents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the same parents. That's
0: like bam bam bam. Wham bam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So I just Your got like this mom. weird
1: image of like, you know, my mom and <laughs> stitches and shit. And like, all right. <laughs> you know the stitches are gone baby you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) let's go yeah we just had a fight we need to make up you know what i mean however well you know i don't know but uh and you know i had a mom who you know left home early on whenever she was a teenager because because uh my grandfather could was you know drank a lot Mm -hmm. and could be you know physically abusive you know to my mom and and i you know i don't want to throw that out there to like make my grandpa be a bad person but you know that's that's part of his story i'll try not to tell because i don't you know try not to tell my mom's story and my you know my grandpa's story but you know and uh you know she met my dad i think my dad was a security guard in a Winn-Dixie. My mom was a cashier, you know what I mean? Nice. Like that kind of, <laughs> like, you know, like grocery store love, you know what I mean? Like if you ever had a job and you're working with someone you think is real attractive and like maybe you imagine like, oh, this is the one. <laughs> you know nice. what I mean?
0: Like it just. She was the one.
1: She was the one, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how much longer they were together. They got married actually whenever I was about five or six maybe seven years old Mm -hmm. Um, they weren't married for a long time um you know i remember where they got married it was in the neighbor's house down the street (laughs) from my grandma you know what i mean uh you know i i can remember my earliest resentments man it was for having a brother and a sister you know i just remember being so like i remember being now i know I have the language to describe it just absolutely discontent with life hmm. discontent with the life that i was given just never happy with the things that i got from my parents never happy with the attention that i got never happy you know with the any attention that they got that was taken away from me or like presents or um privileges you know what i mean like i just i and even through all that, I just tried to be the special child, you know what I mean—the one who my mom liked the most. And my, my dad—I didn't really. It was hard to get to know my dad. Hmm. He was a pretty quiet guy, from what I remember. He could be a pretty stern dude. And you know, he was a cop for most of my life. From, you know, he—my dad killed himself when I was ten years old. Oh, wow. So it, it really, really, you know, threw my life into a real interesting. So you knew they told you that he killed himself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of sucked, man, because like, at first I had this, like, cousin. or was the same cousin that told me there was no Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> told me that, like, my dad was playing Russian roulette, you know, and that's how it happened. I don't know why people feel the need to say those types of things. But, you know, it wasn't factual, and I did find, you know, we. it's, it's a hard thing not to find out, you know, like, how do you – how do you spin that story to a 10 year old? Yeah. You know, like one minute, you know, your dad's dropping you off to school. Him and my mom are going through a divorce. Yeah. Or they had decided to split up and it, you know, for whatever reason, I'm sure my dad suffered from his own mental illness. Um, Yeah. And I don't know for sure. I don't know if he ever tried to get help or whatever, but you know, those types of things I feel like don't just happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like, like even if your family's falling apart, I imagine there's got to be some symptomatic behavior. Um, but, but you know, it's the eighties, right? Like mm-hmm. mental health and that kind of shit. Isn't really a thing where people are, you know, trying yeah. to set up therapist's office on every corner. Yeah. You know, but you figure like, you know, there's a cop and you think they would have like, you know, Social workers, like on you know, just kind of dangling from the stairwells, just like you know, just now they're just looking for signs. Back then,
0: they were just like the hardest men they can handle, hardest, yeah, they can handle it, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's still like that today, though, yeah, a lot of people. Um, you know, after my dad died, uh, I don't know how long after we went on a vacation and my mom met someone. Um, I don't think, I don't know if it was that soon. It's hard for me, honestly, it's hard for me to put together timelines. And I think that's a part of like just the way my brain works. It's like I don't know, people tell me I have ADD and like this other, like, guess like really my life has really, for me, it's, I don't think I've ever stopped to really savor a whole lot. Mm. So it's all just one thing to the next, wow. you know? Um, and that's, and so it's really hard for me to really. That's interesting pin too Pin down like, time frames Yeah
0: Like when you're always Just kind of Distracting yourself And not really like Oh
1: distract And kind of
0: Really just sleepwalking Through life Like I daydreaming just in a fantasy dayd- world Yeah today. And so Yeah It's funny I, I've thought about that I've thought about that recently Like I don't remember shit Sometimes yeah. And I wonder if like It's because I'm just like Consuming so much Stuff to distract myself That none of it ever yeah. none, none of it ever sticks And none of it like like, I don't, I don't pay it the attention that it needs for yeah, it to stick, yeah. you know? And I've probably done that my whole life. Like, there's things my friends tell me from when I was a kid that I'm just like, nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of, like, why it's hard to really always talk about what kind of kid I was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because a lot of times the things that stick out is the times where I was, like, punished or <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the time like you know my dad like whoop my ass for you the know highlights or yeah the low my hit my <laughs> brother and sister right because yeah i was just like these motherfuckers like brother and sister you know like don't touch my shit you know what i mean i got a share room with my little brother you know and i could just be i could be really mean to my brother and sister mm. you know uh and i just remember spending a lot of time a lot of time either punished or um reprimanded in some way because like my personality could just be really um conflict you know what i mean like 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 be in conflict often but it was all due to selfishness you know what i mean it was all just because something happened that i didn't like you know what i mean or you know I, i had to lie start lying from a very early age Because I knew if I was ever going to be, you know what I mean, not grounded in shit, I was going to have to lie because I was always, (laughs) always doing things I wasn't supposed to. Always. um, From what I can remember. You know. Uh, And so you you take that and you put that little boy who was just like so curious but like, you know, smart. You know, they wanted me to skip grade when I was in grade school kind of shit. But also defiant. Also, you know, just selfish and just, uh, you know, full of imagination and, and, and life. Um, you take that kid, but also confused, right? About like life from a very early age, just feeling like this shit's impossible. You know what I mean? I, I guess maybe it was. You know, because I felt like it was just, I felt like it was me against the world. Really, yeah. like Nobody loved me. Nobody like, but it was all so fucking dramatic, right? Because mm-hmm. just something had just not go my way. You know what I mean? And everybody hates me, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. While also wanting to be, you
0: know. It's hard to like really consider and or at least it was for me. There's other people in the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's funny. I always like. I, I no remember. No one else
1: mattered, man. It was I, just I, I, all about me.
0: I remember I used to, and I, I've probably shared this a million times, but just the idea that that I was um, kind of like uh, the Truman Show. Like my life was kind of yeah. like the Truman Show. Yeah. And that like everybody was in on some kind of like thing. Yeah. Where I was being watched from some room by the by. By people yeah. By by the girl I had a crush on yeah. And they were like Making plans And they were You know like I thought that I remember when I Watched that show And and going like Wow I, This is relatable As fuck yeah. You know When I yeah. watched That movie And it's so funny Because that is like Extreme fucking Self-centeredness You yeah. know yeah. Um, which I think is a common thing amongst kids, maybe. I don't know. I don't
1: know, man. They got some kids that are more <laughs> selfish than others. Look, I see these little like generous kids walking around. Yeah. Be like their little brother's toy gets broke. You know what I mean? Some just make it but similar where then they'd be like, Oh, you could have mine, mm. you know, Tony. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> Where'd that What come from? the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> How'd you get you know, not 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 what the what is wrong with her, but kinda of be like, damn, yeah, that really happens. I I heard somebody share one time that you could probably tell, you know, an alcoholic early on in childhood or a little addict because they're the kid that's trying to hoard all the toys, Uh like in the school room or with a group of friends. And then when somebody wants to play with one, they're, you know, begrudgingly like, oh, yeah, you want it? They break it and give it to them. Uh And when I heard him say that shit, dude, I did that shit. Wow. (laughs) I'd be at other kids' houses. Like I get kicked out of other kids' houses. You know what I mean? Because they'd be like. Because I would get in shit with their, you know, I'd want to play with all their kids' toys. Because, of course, everybody had the cooler toys than I did. You know, mom give me fucking like, sometimes workout equipment. I'm like, nah, I'm really, You know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking work. Like, I want all the Ninja Turtle shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And my friends, you know, my, my friends had all the Ninja Turtle shit and all the G.I. Joe stuff, you know. And, and so I'd be like, no, I'm playing with it. You know what I mean? I'd be crying and stuff. Like, man, stop crying. You know, even as like eight and nine, man, stop crying. You know, like, fine, fine. You want to be a sissy? You know, break their shit and give them back to, you know. And I was just like, damn, it hit me like that. I was like, Bug. you know, that that's a part of my personality. So, you know, I uh, after after my dad died, you know, there's nothing. He, my mom, single mom, three kids. You know, we move out to the Midwest because she meets this guy and moves out. They don't have a fucking clue about the Midwest. Mm-hmm so I'm already really impressionable, right? I'm already the kid that is always trying to be like somebody else just so that I can be cool or liked or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, And so I ended up, you know, getting in with kids that were often just like me, didn't have a dad, family was broken up, which is, you know, I don't think there's any fucking coincidence there. Um, And, you know, always wanted to be older, always wanted to be older because I thought older people got to do whatever they wanted and nobody could tell them what to do. Yeah. And a part of that involved alcohol. You know, I would see like older people drinking alcohol and I'd be like, man, I really want to try that. Cause it looked like so much fun. Yeah. And it's what the older people do. So it's gotta be dope, right? Like it's gotta be something flat. And so, you know, I think I may have done inhalants before I ever tried alcohol to be honest. Uh, and before that, you know, when I was a kid, it was sugar and it was attention, accolades, you know what I mean? That type of shit, whatever. Uh, but, you know, the first time I ever drank was it was a, a babysitter that I found out later had a crush on me. right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she let me and my sister drink the cold ass hot damn schnapps. <laughs> you know, I don't know if everybody knows hot damn schnapps is, but it's just like some cheap ass, like maybe like 13 proof. Sin, like fireball you know what I mean uh-huh. it's basically like watered down fireball but I remember taking the sip of that stuff and I, I remember thinking it's hot and I remember thinking like finally in a way I don't know if that's exactly what I was thinking but you know I was doing something I wasn't supposed to so I was getting a rush out of that shit you know mm-hmm. what I mean adrenaline that's another one yeah. that I was hooked on way before drugs and alcohol and uh and i just i just remember this warm sensation coming over my body you know especially for a kid who never stopped thinking and never stopped moving i know nev- you know what i mean like that was a thing i just couldn't stay still mm. i couldn't stop you know whether it was talking or kids you know I, I i i just remember at a very early age thinking to myself what is behind these eyes you know what i mean because like the only perspective of the world that i had was just like right here you know and i'd often think Like, what is it behind whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) When I'm looking through, like, what is that? Just like sort of like maybe like kind of like I noticed sort of consciousness or, you know, noticed thinking or whatever it was. But just just being kind of like not really there with reality in a way. And I just when I when that fucking hot damn schnapps man hit my hit my gut, you know, And that warm, comfortable sensation came over me. I just, I can remember it like it was yesterday, dude. I remember it like it was like, I can feel the warmth just, you know what I mean, reverberate through my entire fucking body and just kind of lay in there on the floor, just being (laughs) like, yeah, you know, yeah. And I don't know if that set off this thing where I, I really just sought that out, you know, but I know that I, every time and any time that I could, from that day forward, whether I had, especially as a kid, sneak it out of other kids, you know, parents, refrigerators, you know, because dads always have that refrigerator in the garage that's mm-hmm. got the beer in it and shit, you yeah. know. So that that sometimes would make it easy to to get beer, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, find a way. But you know, I didn't drink start drinking every day just whenever I could. Um, And I don't remember being obsessed with, like, when's the next time I'm going to drink. But I definitely would try all types of things to get high, whatever a fucking middle schooler can get their hands on. Mm -hmm. Gasoline, Freon, markers, paint. (laughs) You know what I mean? Caught my bed on fire when I must have been about 12, 11, or 12 years old because I was somebody told me I could get high (laughs) from smoking tea. You know what I mean? So I rolled up, like, a bunch of Lipton tea, In some paper, it might have been the paper for the, for the tea. You know what I mean? Uh, For the tea packets, and smoking it in my room, and 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 then I like went downstairs, like man, I don't know if this is getting high. (laughs) Blowing it out the window, got a fan on with you know dryer sheets all over it, uh, and I was I go yeah to try to get the smell out with dryer sheets. So yeah, yeah, so. So I go, I go downstairs. It was a two-story apartment that my mom was sharing with his boyfriend that she had, and we were living with him. And um, and all of a sudden, I see like smoke just pouring down the stairs. I'm like, what the <sighs> fuck? Go upstairs, dude. The, the 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 bedroom is fucking flooded with smoke. Wow. There's flames coming off the bed. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? I tried the craziest shit to put it out too. I don't know why. I thought I was like. I tried, like, went found, like, a whole two-liter of Coke, you know what I mean? Dumped it on the bed. Like, this is going to be the worst. So I'm going to be embarrassed. It's like, for some reason, I took hairspray <laughs> and started spraying fucking hairspray on it. Just didn't panic, you Damn. know what I mean? <laughs> and then it started to, like, shh. And then I was like, oh, shit. I was like, wait, wait, what am I doing with this hairspray? You know what I mean? Just like, fuck, fuck. You know, finally got had to call my mom. She was at bowling night with her boyfriend. Dude. Wow. The fire department came, fucking carried the fucking... The, the, the mattress out of the apartment, hosed it down in the street, you know. And, like, two, three days later, the fire marshal came and wanted to question me, drove me around like I was, you know, like times I had been arrested, you know, uh, asking me these questions, uh, and I just had to play the cool kid. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't tell him I was smoking tea. I you know, <laughs> let him tell my mom that. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I was just trying to uh, burn incense. I was trying to make an incense, uh-uh. you know. Uh, my friend told me how to make incense, you know, and I think it must – I don't know what it must have sparked on the bed or whatever.
0: They probably knew you were they thought to well smoke they something.
1: thought I was well they thought I was trying to purposely burn the house down. That's nice. what they thought. Yeah, they thought it was like an I was like a little arsonist. Uh-huh. I mean I always liked fire, but you know, I knew better than to burn a fucking apartment down. You know. Uh you know, and then, then from there forward, you know, that that whole time, it wasn't long after that that I smoked weed for the first time. Loved it just loved it all man like if it got me high or whatever considered high just outside of or just made me feel numb you know help me not think or just help me just be away from myself or this intolerable world you know that perspective of the world just fucking sucks whatever it took to make the world not suck (laughs) you know was was it became like a goal yeah you know and, and and you can fast forward man like to the time i'm 16 um and i was just telling you know my partner today i was thinking about whenever i was 12 and from the time i was like i tried alcohol and 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 drugs for the first time you know till the time like five years later it was the first time i got arrested for stealing alcohol well the only time i got arrested for stealing alcohol at a convenience store Mm -hmm. but you know before that like you know because i got into all this shit dude all this shit like a uh you know, by the time I was sixteen, doing cocaine, ecstasy, acid, um, you know, my poor mom, dude. You know, like I don't think she knew the scope of everything that was going on when I was a teenager, but she must have known something was going on. You know, I mean, in middle school, I used to come home every day, my eyes fucking blazed out, because my little friend, little little Jay, I'll call him, his dad sold weed, so we, you know, he had an endless supply, dude. We I was stoned just about every day in the eighth grade wow. going to school <laughs> smoking weed in class and everything shop class you know what I mean like just doing just the most ridiculous stuff you know, a lot of it was just to, like, be cool, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Doing things like that. You know, and everybody think I'm Smoking a Smoking atoms yeah. In, in class. class, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, like, wonder about my teachers. Like, did they not know I was stoned? Like, my eyes would get so bright red. I'd look at my <laughs> shit in the mirror. Dude, it looked like rubies surrounding an ocean. You know what I mean? A blue ass hot. You know, um and so... We ended up moving from Missouri because me and my little brother, we shot up the house. We were staying in with BB guns, and the landlord got pissed. And uh, I'm glad you said BB guns, but after that, I was like, shot up the house? Yeah, I know. BB How No. no. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to
0: normalize this? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> shot, shot up the house. We had little Red Rider BB guns, you know, because we lived in the woods, dude. We lived way in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I was already skipping school and and drinking, you know, when I was, God, I, I I couldn't have been no older than fucking, no older than 12 years old. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. Uh, and, yeah, we'd, we'd skip school and we found this camp one time. Dude, I don't know where all these people went. It was like, it wasn't the summertime. Like, it was it was school time, you know what I mean? It was like all these cabins along this river and there's all these ice chests with beers and shit. <laughs> But like I don't think there was really any ice in the ice chest. It's like these people just vanished. You know, we got we fought, started drinking this beer and breaking into these cabins, dude. I had this really cool fucking like Navy SEAL knife that I had found. You know what I mean? We just started going through these people's <laughs> shit, dude, you know. And like that was the kind of stuff that you know I did from an early age, just mm. getting into shit. Yeah. You know, and so me and my brother we we would hang out outside of our the our door in our room. It went to the backyard and just shoot up the gutter the downspout of the gutter you know so it it caused a lot it, it there was a, a big cost to that and my mom couldn't pay it to mm, the landlord wow. so we had to pack up and move back to move back to new orleans um stayed in new orleans for like nine months and it wasn't long before my mom met somebody else you know and uh and we were off to california i uh, lived right outside of san diego california From the time I was in eighth grade, I was about 16 years old. And and really, California was where it really just, you know, is when I really started getting high every day. Didn't drink every day because it was just so much harder to get a hold of alcohol than was drugs. You know, I even had to leave California. My mom had to send me to live with my aunt because I didn't come home one night. You know, I just want to stay out and party. My mom would make me come in at you know, we had to be in when the lights came on. Everybody else was, all these other friends and stuff, man, they got to go stay out till midnight and shit. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just like, no, there's this party. I'm not going, you know, I just, you know, stayed out doing somas and getting drunk and fucking smoking weed and, climbing in my window must have been four thirty five o'clock in the morning like it was all good you know what i mean like whatever (laughs) passed out in my bed you know woke up the next day my mom just like where what you know what i mean just fucking losing it on me took me to go get a drug test you know what i mean because i already got in trouble once during like eighth or ninth grade smoking weed behind the school you know and got grounded for a whole summer uh and uh so then she's yeah she sent me to live with my with with my aunt you know and come you know it was it was cool because my aunt smoked weed i found out like my my cousin smoked (laughs) weed and we would smoke weed in his room and i would think to myself like how are we able to smoke weed in the room without my aunt knowing and my cousin would be like oh he's like "Uh, she can't smell it or some shit i was just like I remember thinking, like, what? you not spell this <laughs> shit. We were bonging out the room. I was playing Super Nintendo until 4.30 in the morning every day, you know, before I had to go to school. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, my mom and, and, and my stepdad eventually moved back to Louisiana, and I moved in with them. Um, but it was like, man, once I started going to raves and shit.
0: Yeah, I remember raves.
1: Man, that's when it was just like, dude, balls to the wall. I'd be gone for days at a time, staying up for days at a time, just doing everything and anything that I could get my hands on. Wow. Uh, When is this? This was 2016, 2000. I mean, uh, sorry, 1996, 1997. Wow. When raves were really popping off in New Orleans. Yeah. um, When it was still legit before they all started getting busted and the cops started coming in. Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I would just do... Fucking ecstasy.
0: And so you're like 18. That was about 16, 16 17. 18, okay. Yeah. And then, and you didn't get sober till.
1: I was 32. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I, dude, I would go to school and fucking acid all the time. Go to school. Like, yeah. I remember like I was,
0: so I mean, I, grad, I I was going, I started going out to go to raves and like in like 2000, you know, um, and we would go to this spot. And but that's that was really like the time I really ramped up all my other type of drug yeah, use. You yeah. know, I started doing all the stuff. Yeah. At that point, too. And, you know, didn't go to college and then just kept on partying. You know? Yeah. You know, and then my my 20s were just, you know, continuation, you know,
1: my 20s were definitely, you know, I was homeless by the time I was like 22. Wow. Well, what was that like? It, you know, it was I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I didn't even think it was my fault, mm. you know? I thought it was the shitty ass world's fault, you know? Didn't know how to, like, treat me right, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, there have been a lot of things over the years that that I've, like, I, you know, I don't know how I'm still alive sometimes. The car wrecks and the, the amount of drugs and alcohol that I would take in. So you stayed in New Orleans insane. the whole time? Oh yeah, after that, after we moved, after I got back from California, I never left again. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking like new Orleans was the problem, right. At some point, I gotta get away from new Orleans city here. Yeah. yeah. The city here, but it was never something that I, uh, that I had any part in, Mm. you know? And then, uh, you know, so I eventually ended up getting a place or like couch surfing a lot, uh, getting in with, you know, uh, friends that let me stay on the couch. Then I got a job doing upholstery, um, with my friend that was letting me sleep on his couch <clears throat> and then I, uh, you know eventually I got my own place after living with my brother and sister for a while but then you know both my brother and sister would get tired of it you know what I mean cause like I would like it's all I did and I could be a fucking menace hmm. you know like uh, you know my I remember my sister you know, I would do all kinds of things to try to control it right like like that I didn't know what I was doing. I would like try to leave all my money at my sister's house. And I'd be like, no matter what, don't let me come over and get any more money. Like, look, I'm taking $200 with me. Don't let me come and get any more money until like next week. I would get blackout drunk on Xanax and shit. Be banging on her door like two, three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And, and she, and I wouldn't know till the next day or the next time I'd see her. She'd be like, do you know, don't you know what happened last night? I'd be like, I was like what because i went over to her house to get my money yeah and course. she was like you came same like, night probably there was like the next day i think <laughs> or some shit like you know when i was actually aware or you know and she's like you fucking came to my house at 3 you know what i mean so you know my brother and sister they had to deal with that shit i just got loaded and just mm-hmm. was like fuck it you know no, i'm not dealing with that shit you know yeah um you know, that Christmas Eve in 2012 when I finally got sober or decided, like, it, it wasn't even that I wanted to get sober. It's like I, I had this, like, understanding of this awareness that I was my own worst enemy, but I just thought I was going to die that way. And I didn't think there was any change in it. Mm. The drugs and alcohol definitely couldn't be it. And I think that, like, that's part of myself that, like, really I needed that. I needed to not be aware that drugs and alcohol were a big reason or, you know, my choices too, right? Like yeah. my choices, a lot of those choices were fucking loaded. You know what I mean? Where my life got fucking, you know, been to jail a couple different times. Thankfully, never did a really long stint, you know, So I'm not a jail person too. I'm not. Uh, and uh, wait, where was I? I think I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, getting sober that Christmas Eve, 2012. It was kind of like this whole year okay it was it was like this whole year where i told myself and i'm going to uh this is the year this is the mm-hmm. year you know i'm mean? I, I remember even went to my my aunt's house that 2010 or that 2011 christmas thinking like I, you know i'm just going to get away for a couple days a week that's what i need is like a reset you know if i can just stop no i won't drink i won't get i won't be around any drugs so I'll just be out there, you know, and then after, you know, not doing anything for about seven days, I can come back because that was my obsession is that I could just maybe it was that I was going to maybe stay, try to stay sober for, you know, 24 hours, you know, five hours at a time. Yeah. And then that was going to bleed into a week and then a month. And then after a month, like, man, I could just fucking shoot dope every now or I could just have a couple beers without fucking losing my mind and waking up with fucking blood all over me, not knowing how I got there. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just smoke a few rocks of crack. You know what I mean? I could do that, you know? And, just, and, I, and it just wouldn't ruin, it just wouldn't, I wouldn't wake up broke all the time. I wouldn't lose friends. I wouldn't wreck my vehicles. But it's just like, that shit wasn't happening. And I remember the thing that kind of really pushed me, man, it really pushed me into trying to do something different was I had a friend. She OD'd at the house that I was in. Like, I left, I shot dope, I came, I went home to eat, right, because I would eat, like, broccoli and chicken, because I thought everybody else was, you know, I'm, like, trying to live healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, I eat that shit every day, broccoli and chicken, and, uh, and, and you know, then I went back, you know, and somebody was like, dude, like you gotta go, you gotta go, I was like, what happened, what happened, you know, my friend I was just sitting next to that I'd known for years, you know, you know, just went lifeless on the couch after doing a shot, Wow, you know, and this is where like my god complex had like gotten me was like to the point to where I really thought I went to see her in an emergency room without anybody really knowing she's on a ventilator, and uh, I just remember thinking, you know, I, I got I'm so powerful, you know, all I got to do is just whisper in her ear like, hey, it's time to wake up, and she'll wake up, and I remember I did it too. I was like, I was like, hey, it's, it's time to wake up, like just like tears in my eyes. And I think that was kind of like a little snippet of like my humanness. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without thinking I'm not God. And it wasn't long after that, man, you know, where I just had, I really needed to do something different. I was just emotionally distraught every single day. I didn't want to wake up in the morning. Uh, I didn't want to live life. I would go to bed at night often just wishing, praying, right, to God that I would have told you was fucking bullshit you know, to not let me wake up because I just did not want to live another day Mm. um, the way my life was. Uh, You know, you get so distorted. I know I did. I got so distorted in my thinking that I thought that, like, my purpose in life was to drink, to do drugs, and to die, and to be an example to other people what not to do with your life. Like, you know, you get to be a bike shop owner. You know, somebody else gets to be a teacher, lawyer, fucking mechanic.
0: You get to be an that example. That wasn't
1: my destiny. Yeah, my destiny was just fucking burn out. You know uh, what I mean?
0: Uh, and then that was the same night you decided to get sober. And then, no. dude, that
1: was something I would think about constantly. Dude, you know what I mean? I would, I would think about wanting to die like every yeah. fucking day.
0: But like, whenever she she OD'd the night. No, you know?
1: no, it wasn't. It, it was still a few months later on. But it was like that was kind of like this moment where I was like, "What the fuck." Wow. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck? And and I could tell you a litany of stories that for most people they would be like, What the fuck? <laughs> you know, but for yeah. me, I was just like, you know, it was just like this sense of entitlement like someday I'll be able to pull myself out of you know what I mean? Like yeah. I like it just had this I lived in a fantasy world and I really thought that someday someone who I was related to who was royalty from like hundreds of years ago you know, uh-huh. their, their long lost relative was going to show up at my doorstep like, hey. with a whole shitload of money and be like, dude, Rubies. you know, you're right. You know, you've been right this whole time. You're somebody fucking special. Yeah. You huh. know what I mean? Like, here's all this gold and so, you know, whatever the fuck. And like, oh, dude, you know, and then I could get loaded the rest of my life the way that I wanted to. Yeah.
0: That's the kind of fantasies I would engage. Dude, like I would all entertain. the time, dude. Yeah. All right. I think we can stop there and then we'll take a little break and then we can start talking about your experience after that christmas eve yeah
1: yeah that christmas eve man
0: all right all right we're back from break
1: back from it was a good break yeah I
0: peed drank some water
1: we saved some lady from a burning building yeah And then she bought a bike because she was so grateful nice
0: (laughs) um all right so um yeah where were we we were christmas Christmas eve Eve. you went to detox what was that
1: like christmas eve detox that was interesting (laughs) that was really an interesting experience i remember feeling like maybe you know i didn't have any idea what to expect to detox to be honest but it was just it was chill It was like weird having a roommate that i didn't know you know what i mean like i think the last time i had bunked with anybody i didn't know was when i was in jail yeah you know so it was just you know there was like medicine time was like the the best time of the day (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody's getting their suboxone everybody's getting their mood stabilizers you know and I remember, before I got sober, I remember thinking I needed all that shit. I remember thinking I was bipolar, I was psychotic, I was, you yeah. know what I mean. I was I was antisocial, which I could be antisocial, very antisocial when I drank. Um,
0: but it's really hard to diagnose any of that if you're using
1: and drinking. Oh, dude, like that's that's what I thought was strange. Like later on, thinking about it, it's like why did they fucking give me this medicine? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I figured they was like, man, they didn't have enough experience with addicts and alcoholics where they. are They'd be able to see that a lot of this, like, in like a lot of these state of mind, was like induced from so much yeah. drug and alcohol.
0: Yeah, I remember this doctor. I went to I went to um I went to the doctor because I needed a, a an excuse for work because I had, it's a long story. I had spent the night in jail because I whatever. Yeah. Well <laughs> oh, no, no no I hadn't spent the night in jail yet. That that was later the next night. But I talked to this doctor and he gave me like you know, depression medicine. Yeah. Um, I think he gave me Valium.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, at one point. Dude, like I could a, never uh, <laughs> get him to give me benzos.
1: I would go to a shrink and she would never give me benzos. This guy never. gave
0: me Valium and like, I told him I, I thought I was an alcoholic, that yeah, yeah, I was yeah. drinking too much, which is weird. That's wild. And, <laughs> and he put me on, like, a, this depression medicine. I remember when it, when it hit, when it started taking effect, yeah. feeling like, euphoric
1: yeah and
0: loving it and be like this is awesome yeah
1: (laughs) yeah dude it's real crazy the way you count up the chemicals in your brain
0: yeah so yeah I mean fuck who knew I mean and sober I haven't had to like go there and try to get get on yeah you know like any kind of medication like that I've been able to same and I know that's not a lot of people's experience but that's my experience like I thought for sure I needed all that like in my mind I was like I probably need it but you know once I got sober and I got like different tools to deal with like the stuff that was bothering me yeah. um, and I got the alcohol and drugs out of me I haven't had to do that so I'm very I'm very lucky I
1: think I used to go to the shrink man cause I was like I knew I, I was like that's what I thought I was like I need antidepressants and I would I would try my best to convince her that I just had an anxiety disorder. I'd show up all the time and be like, yeah, I think I'm bipolar. <laughs> I think I'm schizophrenic. I think I have a, an anxiety disorder. You know, and I think the best thing that would help me the best is if, you know, Xanax works real well. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I tried one one time because my, you know, my friend's mom gave me something to calm down because I was having a panic attack or something. And, you know, this lady was so good at what she did. She would tell me, like, Walter cause I was on Zoloft too, which is an antidepressant and, uh, uh, trazodone to sleep at night. And, uh, and she would say, Walter, if you would stop drinking and using drugs, you wouldn't need, you probably wouldn't even need none of these medicines. Hmm. And I'd be like, what do you mean? I'll only do it sometime. You know what I yeah. mean? Only, only sure. I don't, yeah. <laughs> and I just like, like, why doesn't she, why doesn't she believe me? You know, <sighs> like practicing that shit in the mirror. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, really in the mirror practicing being just, you know, super anxious or like super like whatever it took for me to get the Xanax. Cause man, Xanax for me was, was booze and a pill, but yeah. without the fucking hangover. Mm. Um, but so, so yeah, 2012, I'm in detox. I, I you know, not even really, you know, I, I guess I got sober a little bit long enough, uh, you know, uh, an enough period of time where I knew that I I or I, at least I had an idea that I needed help, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what that I, I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, they wanted to just ship me off with like a script of like, you know, a hundred and twenty uh, Suboxone, because uh, I was mostly just shooting dope at the time and taking Xanax and shit like that. And
0: did 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 AA? Did you see? People from AA while you were in oh yeah times? yeah
1: yeah yeah oh yeah i wasn't even sure if we could like break it down with it but
0: i mean yeah 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 well, i mean who knows there's probably some people out there have an issue with me saying
1: yeah AA. yeah yeah well yeah cool uh no i'm glad we can yeah know? uh yeah uh second or third night it must have been christmas day right they come in uh i didn't know what to expect may the only time i ever been to an AA meeting before that was with a friend of mine from high school who I was like, "Oh, he's a real fucking alcoholic," you know what I mean? He yeah. get fucking just drinking twenty four seven and fucking just doing wild shit, wild shit. Kept going to jail. Anyways, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he we need yeah, you need to go to an AA." Meeting. You know, I mean? so I went with him one time. I think I was loaded, loaded. Um, you know, he didn't care, <laughs> uh, and that was kind of a little bit of experience of AA. But this was like my actual like being there, you know, as part of the meeting, just a fucking wreck because i knew i knew more than anything i just wanted i did i wanted my life to be different i wanted to wake up and stop wishing that i hadn't you know i wanted to be able to just i, I wanted i wanted a different life man yeah cuz like i was going nowhere you know my life i would just sit around talking about the stuff i was going to do tomorrow all the great things that i was going to do and uh and it would never happen cuz i never had a solution other than drugs and alcohol, you know what I mean? Uh, So I just cried my eyes out in that first meeting, picking up my first 24-hour chip. I'm pretty sure I still have it, you know, in my wallet. uh, Just bawling my eyes out, not really knowing why. I think there was, like, a sense of relief there. It was just, just, like, definitely this moment of, like, honesty that, you know, I don't know if I was capable of. I probably broke down several times after fucking a, a crack bender or a drinking bender you know what I mean just so depressed that all I can do is like you know do that they call it a foxhole prayer you yeah know what I mean or, <laughs> God I swear I won't smoke any crack if you just let me go to sleep <laughs> like God you know like i I swear I, I won't drink anymore if you could just if I could just stop shaking so much that my teeth feel like they're gonna rattle out of my mouth mm. you know what I mean uh, but like never that type of like it was like the type of crying where it's almost like i you know subconsciously i, I knew I w- it was almost over, mm. you know because it was just a fucking nightmare every day, and it wasn't even like nightmarish things were happening every day. it was just inside my head it was a legit fucking nightmare, wow. and I just wanted it to be I just wanted it to stop, you know um and I knew that if I didn't do something, check myself into detox or whatever the fuck it was or you know find some way to get help that i was not gonna last long i just wanted to fucking die Mm. you know um and so they you know after that detox man they were just gonna let me go that new year's eve because it was seven days because they're like well you you know your insurance i went to a a treatment center went to arno Mm -hmm. and and at first you know the lady in the intake man that lady saved my life dude i say this shit all the time because at first she was saying like you know my insurance wouldn't let me wouldn't let them keep me until, like, they approved my, insur- my insurance, insurance approved, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever, you know, like, when you go to a doctor, you know, they have to submit it to your insurance, whether you can, you got to wait a little while yeah. before it gets approved. And she was like, you know what? She could see I was, like, in a fucking state. Because when she interviewed me, you know what I mean? When she did intake, I was just fucking crying the whole time. <laughs>
0: I cried during my intake at oh, my first man. treatment, too.
1: Bald. Bald, dude. I just, like, and. I- and so she, I went, she's like, well, go wait outside. She's like, let me see what I can do. I don't remember asking, like, please keep me here. You know, still wasn't that, you know, still a little too tough. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, please keep me here, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and not even really knowing that that's what I wanted. Just knowing that if they fucking left me, if they let me go that day, there was no way I was going to be sober that New Year's Eve. Yeah. There's no way I could do it. No way. And then she came outside and she's like, a, you know, we're just going to keep you here. We're going to keep you until we hear back from your insurance that we don't think from your evaluation <laughs> that you should be somewhere <laughs> that's not, you know what I mean, a safe place. Yeah. And, like, that was it, dude. Like, that started everything. Yeah. I, you know, started going to meetings on, the, you know, the the druggy buggy. Nice. Air quotes. Uh <laughs> Just having the time of my life, really, in in rehab, because I thought that's 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 exactly what I needed. Finally, a break from life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is a break too. It is a fucking break. God. It's great. dude. It's so awesome. It's like, so <laughs> yeah. Like I want to go. I loved rehab. My rehab was like camp. coed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, there was like, it was like with those girls, and there was just like you know, uh, counseling and there was just like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, you know, activities, activities. Dude, We'd have a fucking, a, uh, uh, somebody was a fitness, fitness expert come and work out with us three days (laughs) out of the week. And I remember she was like super, super, super hot, not to objectify women, you know what I mean? But just like, and just really looking forward to Mondays, Wednesdays and Friday (laughs) morning, you know? Uh, and so, you know, but eventually I had to leave there. And in there, you know, I thought they were going to kick me out of treatment. So that's why I decided to start doing the recovery thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they kept asking me if I was going to get a sponsor and shit like that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. But it was just weird, dude. It was weird. I could barely look people in the eyes. And I didn't trust a fucking soul. You know, I don't think I had trusted most people for a really long time. And, you know, this idea of going up to ask someone to be your sponsor, like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? This is fucking weird. I don't know any of these people. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know any of these. Like, this is fucking, like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy until I thought they were going to kick me out of treatment. I was like, all right, I'm going to get sponsored. You know what I mean? I think that day when I thought they were going to kick me out of treatment, I called up the one phone number that I had, the guy that approached me at you know big easy's fucking where it used to be on canal yeah and, and started just started talking to me what's up man what's up man and I remember thinking like why is this dude fucking talking to me? you know what i mean <laughs> the same thing you hear a lot of people say like if you knew how shitty of a person i was you would not be talking to me right now what do you want yeah like that's why thing, do you, why right? are you showing interest in me yeah why what you, is going
0: on like in the, yeah
1: Dude, the only thing I knew from the streets and from shit, dude, like... Yeah, anytime
0: anybody random comes up to talk (laughs) to you, you're you're waiting for the follow-up of like, hey, you got... uh." Or not (laughs) even
1: somebody random. Like, some of you, you know, the people you get loaded with because you're all (laughs) fucking broke, you know what I mean? And if you had a steady job like I did, you know, like it was somehow had a steady job. Thankfully, the guy who owned the, the upholstery shop that I worked for had a lot of fucking love for, you know, for me, you know, um tried to fire me like two or three times I would just come back like please please Uh. just let me work you know it's homeless and shit you know yeah Um, but so you know I did I asked somebody to be my sponsor and then it just kind of like he would come and meet me at the treatment center every day every Sunday dude take a bus from New from New Orleans to Metairie the Sunday bus that runs like an hour and a half wow you know every hour and a half right and just take fucking six hours out of his day Come do that, whether he wanted to or liked to or not.
0: That's incredible. Took a bus.
1: Took a took a do it took the bus. Like not, I like. Like all that's the time.
0: like like in some cities that doesn't seem like a big deal. Like if you, if if like somebody from New York is listening to this, they're like, so yeah. But like here to take the bus from like New Orleans to Metro, you have to want to be where you're going. Yeah. Usually, you know, there's got
1: to be some intent behind it. Usually, it's you got to go to work. Cause yeah. You're, or you're you're. You're broken. You're like me, you know, to get to the next place that's going to get you drugs or alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a bus, you know, to find that fucking $1.50, you For know, sure. or whatever it is. That's
0: what I tell guys, like, who live across town. I tell them, catch a bus to me, dude.
1: Yeah. Ride your bike, dude. Like, I tell, <laughs> okay. tell people, like, when we're reading the forwards and shit, I'm like, I'm like, it talks about, like, people from out of town, you know what I mean? Going on out of town on business, you know, they would stop in and and... And visit with you know people who were inquiring about uh-huh you know like they, go, they, AA they were, they were really going out of their way they were going to, out to, of their motherfucking yeah. way driving cars that didn't do over fifty five miles an hour <laughs> you know what I mean like that's crazy I'm like dude like I mean this time around well I I changed my sobriety date a few different times but when I got sober in 2015 dude I rode a bike around this city from from New Orleans to the West Bank to meetings to yeah. work you know what I mean. Um, and like that was the way i got around
0: so 2015 was your sobriety year
1: that that was so i stayed till i got sober in 2012 i relapsed in 2014 um moved in with an ex-girlfriend at the time well we got back together and then she uh and then i got sober again then i relapsed then i relapsed again (laughs) <laughs> okay look it's zero, this says this says 15 minutes okay so okay
0: do math I want to
1: oh man look like, like, don't <laughs> get me started i got a physics test on thursday yeah. uh so yeah i move in with her and then i end up relapsing and living with her um and like it was like that relapse where i was like where i really try i tried to like prove you know a wrong yeah like, like I'm not an alcoholic. When I got sober, I wasn't an alcoholic or an addict. I was just somebody that needed to stay sober for 30 days, so I could fucking not blow all my money and lose all my friends and wreck all my shit and, you know, uh, from drugs and alcohol. And uh,
0: so, but so before I don't so you don't have to like backtrack. Whenever you got sober the first time, like that process was like you made amends.
1: Oh yeah, that. I did it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I started. I started doing all of it. I started. Um, it was like when I got to working with others where mm. I was just like, fuck, man, I want to play PlayStation. Dude. I don't uh-huh. feel like, come on. I don't Eat feel like catching guy the bus. at the treatment center. No, like <laughs> I got my, like at that time, I got my truck back. Yeah. You know, because I had a car. Dude, when I got sober the first time, I had a car, I had a house, I had a job. You know what I mean? I had, my boss was keeping my apartment for me to go back to. He was paying the rent. Wow. But it was like if some, some at some point in that treatment center and starting to work through the steps, my first sponsor he relapsed in the middle of, like after i finished my fourth step i was supposed to do my fifth step he relapsed, but like you know i was like i was like i can't i can't go back to that house so, like there's something part of it, some part of it started to click yeah that like i you know maybe it's not what i want so much but like this is a good thing that i go live in a sober living house you know um, this is the first go around this is the first go yeah um you know and and then you know i would got away from recovery know and all that that it entails yeah um done some shit that was dishonest and thought the only way to deal with it was to fucking get high mm. you know so i like shot dope for a month while i had that job Got fired from that job because it was a job that was contingent on my sobriety yeah you know? um you know and didn't make the best decision moving in with my ex-girlfriend at the time you know she was having trouble staying sober too and uh but like in my mind, like at that point, just like we were both starting to, you know, work. Cause like I, I had that 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 delusion that like somehow like I could drink like normal people was smashed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I like as hard as I tried not to be an alcoholic, I identified with fucking everything. Dude. You know what I mean? All of it. Like I identified with the powerlessness, I identified with the uh the craving, the fucking mental obsession, you know what I mean, the spiritual mal all that shit. Like I was just like yeah, but for some reason like saying I was an alcoholic or really being an alcoholic was just like no, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. And and I really needed to, you know, step over to my nearest watering hole and try some controlled drinking. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know and that's when I did and that's but the same thing happened that always happens when I drink. Every time I drink is I start and I can't stop. Yeah. I know people, that, you know, it's like, you know, we have no idea how much we're going to take in motherfucker i know i'm getting fucked up <laughs> never saw no other reason to drink yeah i didn't see any reason but the fucking drinking puke and you know what I mean? like that's like i you know by that time i was a pro though i knew how to drink without throwing up and not having terrible hangovers except the depression part that was always the fucking worst yeah um, but so yeah like so like that clicked in i was like fuck i'm gonna like, I need to do something. And that's when I was really willing. That's when I was really like, fuck, if I don't do something, this is gonna fucking kill me. Mm. You know what I mean? That's when I I understood the the fatal nature of my disease. You know? Um, and that's that's when I started riding my bike. That's when I finally, you know, I didn't have a truck after then. I'd had a car repossessed, right? I'd got some people to, you know, finance me a car and you know, relapsed, lost the job, couldn't afford a note and full coverage insurance. I had to give that up and had to get a bike, man, to fucking yeah. ride it around. You know, uh, which was like humbling, I'm sure. And, and and you know, probably not, Andy. I'm gonna go ahead and say that probably not, because like you look, I'm the type. Of, you know, my ego is so crazy and wild that like I could be riding my bike real fast, and you're right? Because I think like you know my bike is fly. I remember I had this dope ass <laughs> BMX one time, like way before I got so right sick. BMX, 24 inch cruiser, you know what I mean? A Haro cruiser, thing cost me like over $600 and shit. And I remember riding down the street, riding my bike to work, like five miles, right? Because i wrecked wreck my cars and shit. Riding my bike, and then like next to a Lamborghini, thinking that motherfucker's not fly. I'm fucking fly, man. Yeah. Keep, you know what I mean. Keep revving your engine. You know, what I mean? you can't do what I do. Watch this. You know what I mean. Pedaling real fast. You know. So no, I probably did not. Ha- there probably wasn't much humility in it. In fact, I thought I was fucking way better than everybody. Because look what I was no, willing to yeah. do to, to you know, to do all wow. these things. Go to work. Look what I was. Look what I'm doing to go to you know meetings. Look what I'm doing. You pull you know, up on your bike and you feel my, like a sense of pride. Dude, you know. Just you like, lock
0: it up right in front of the meeting.
1: Dude <laughs> just like,
0: you know That's funny. so
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, but it was really in the moment. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. i yeah. do whatever I gotta do so I don't ever have to go back to feeling that that sense of despair. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh I you know, I I didn't had I had a slip since then, so I changed my sobriety day to to July 1st, 2018. Um, it was something I really tried to, you know, in all that time, and I'll talk some of the, talk about some of the real good shit, you know, like the real good outward shit that's happened. You know, I really like talking more about like the inward stuff, to be honest, you know, the sense of peace and, and, and you know, having gratitude and, and appreciating other people, you know, sometimes fleeting, but like those moments that I really never really things i never really gave a shit about before you know after that time around you know because all this shit started to work Mm -hmm. like it really started to work where maybe maybe if i was like you know even grandiose on my fucking bicycle next to a lamborghini you know what i mean like just like you know some sense of humility did start to set in some sense of like wow life can be different really started to set in some sense of, like, man, if I keep doing this fucking shit, without thinking, like, man, if I keep doing this shit, I just kept doing it. Yeah. Because, like, that feeling that I had felt on that last, the night of that last drink or the morning of the last drink, dude, I don't ever want to fucking feel You know what I mean? But, like, I thought that that was true the first time I ever checked myself in a detox. I would see people relapse, and I'd be like, why the fuck? What is wrong with these mo- like yeah because i thought once you get sober you don't ever start getting you know yeah, what i mean that's it like man you don't you don't go back wrong out with and you, get loaded dude i would be <laughs> like so judgy so judgy of people relapsing <sighs> wow. and then i relapsed, and i'm like oh right yeah. you know what i mean oh right i'm powerless yeah yeah that's it
0: like the what what does powerless mean you know well,
1: yeah yeah because to me up until that point powerlessness was a fucking joke yeah you know what i mean like because i didn't know what it meant Mm. there was one thing that i have trouble doing that's giving up power man Mm. in every way that you can imagine in my personal life in my school life in my AA life you know what i mean my family life my love life you know my fucking Fortnite life you know what i mean like like all like like powerlessness that is that is truly my dilemma yeah um but it was like, once I understood that, once I realized the grave nature of my disease, right? Like that if I didn't do something, there were not much, there weren't many options for people like me, mm-hmm. you know, not successful ones anyways, Yeah, you know? So it was just like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna be dead or I'm gonna end up in fucking prison, you know, um, and I was I was real scared of that. Some of the stuff that pushed me to get sober, I'm like, man, I can't keep up paying for fucking heroin all the time. Like I'm gonna fucking either end up fucking giving hand jobs downtown at like you know the male uh, the gay clubs and stuff like that, or or I'm gonna end up in prison for robbing a fucking bank trying to get money for dope. Yeah,
0: and those things seem like such ex- like so extremes, but they're like very very possible things for people There's like us. Fucking happens every you know? day. Yeah, you know. You know, um, you wind up doing things that you never thought you'd do. Never thought I'd do. Yeah. I
1: used to say like the only person that was gonna stick a needle in my arm was gonna be a nurse <laughs> or a doctor. Yeah, you know, right? You look uncomfortable. You wanna switch chair? No,
0: we're good, bro. Let's go. All right. Let's go.
1: So you know, it was I
0: just have to adjust every now and then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so like in between like that 2015 and that 2018, you know, like my life really did start to take off in the way, you know. A very like structural societal way right a very mainstream societal way you know um i started i got into the longest relationship and still am in the longest relationship that i've ever had in my entire life romantically before then you know the longest relationship i had had even off and on was with that 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 uh that girlfriend that i moved in with after relapsing Mm -hmm. the first time you know and and god rest her soul because she's not with us here mm. today you know what i mean uh but like it was you know i started going to school you know what i mean i started like it was something i always wanted to do was go to school because i knew i had this big fucking brain right and everybody else knew it because i wouldn't let them forget how smart mm-hmm. i was right you know what i mean that's why i love to hang out in fucking trailer parks and shit like that like the that was one of those source of like real like cuz people thought i was a fucking genius, bro. <laughs> like people would be like, "Dude, Walt, you are so fucking smart." And they'd be like, "That's all. You know what I mean? You you are too, you know." I mean? <laughs> like they probably were, you know what I mean? But it was like kind of like, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know." You know what I mean? But like yeah. look at me like I can barely fucking hold my head up. I'm so smart. You know what I mean? I'm just fucking i can barely talk i'm so fucking (laughs) drunk that's how smart you know what i mean i i i probably don't have a cent in my pocket after tonight but i'm so fucking smart yeah you know but i was terrified to go to school man as much as i knew that i was because i was i just thought that like all the brains that i had were fucking wasted yeah doing drugs and alcohol um but i had the sponsor at the time i had he pushed me to do it you know i'm glad i did dude i'm fucking so glad i'm dead it's like it's probably the place, you know, if I'm not looking back too much, right? Like thinking about the past and like what could it be? Like I, certainly the academic setting was like where my brain fucking thrives. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, A, yeah, I get to show everybody how smart I am, You know what I mean? But it's just like my brain does naturally soak up fucking knowledge. Yeah, It gets harder as I get older to remember that shit though. You know, um, I started like really getting back, you know, as a as sort of like an entity in my family's lives, um you know going out and making all the fucking amends like at first like amends are like real scary and then like you start doing a bunch of them like this is like a high man. Mm. you know what i mean like uh you know doing all that getting back in my you know really starting to try to be a a decent a son that my mom didn't have to be fearful of she was going to wake up getting a phone call that was dead you know what i mean i didn't I could i could not be that guy anymore um you know my i've just always been a distant person from like brother and sister and stuff so but i i try we you know we we talk i've made amends to both of them it sucked i made amends to my sister but then i started getting loaded again like in her house when i relapsed the first time you yeah. know and i had to make a second amends for that <laughs> shit. you know um i it's it's amazing that I'm in a relationship right now because like like I said before that, you know, I hadn't had a relationship more than like six months through a year and that's when I was like 34, dude. Like I did not, like at some point in my drinking and using, I just, my self-esteem was just so fucking low. I don't think I really had very high self-esteem most of my life. But like even then, it was just so low. I mean, I didn't have sex for like two years before I got sober Mm. because I was just like, the thought in my head was just like I who wants to be with me who would want to be with me yeah you know like who who I didn't a and I didn't want to spend money on dates Fuck that I need money <laughs> for drugs and alcohol yeah that was the center you're just like hoping
0: for a, like a magical random hookup you know and that's what it was fingers you know? crossed
1: I had some crack I had some crack <laughs> and there was this girl that wanted to smoke some crack and so, you know, we ended up having sex, yeah. you know what I mean? Which was the weirdest fucking sex I've ever had in my life, dude. <laughs> like, so throw off.
0: Yeah, but I remember the same thing, like, feeling, like, you know, for a long time, just drinking alone and not really putting myself out there, like, not, not, like, and then getting sober, and then in sobriety, I didn't date for, like, two years.
1: Yeah. I, I, like that, I, man, somehow, some way, like, in sobriety, like, like, I couldn't stay single. Yeah. You know, I had a girlfriend in treatment. <laughs> then after that, didn't work out. You know, I, I had a girlfriend. You know, I think my sponsor that I did I yo yeah. Then I had a girlfriend not long after that. You know, um, and then and then I did like after that girlfriend. I remember my you know a sponsor at the time was like, well you know, I I really wanted to give the recovery thing a shot, man, without any fucking distractions. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm gonna stay. I'm not gonna date anyone for a year. And I did, I didn't, you know what I mean? Um, and that was probably some of the best years of my time and rec- best time. In my, you know what I mean? It was because it was all about that. Yeah. You know? Um, so to be in a relationship with someone, dude, and like, you know, God definitely put this person in my life. You know, I'm like really one of those people that takes God in the literal, you know, God is everything or God is nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, God is the good and the bad type shit, but just you know this person it's so great she was a she was a a tutor in the english lab you know at the school i was going to and it was just like a loophole that because she wasn't a full-time employee that her and i could date (laughs) and and so we started dating man like six months later we moved in together it was like she was amazing from the very beginning you know i like one of those people you just can't stop thinking about yeah And like, I just knew I was seeing somebody at the time when she was just my tutor. I was like, man, if I, if I, this doesn't work out, I am asking her out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did in like, you know, here we are five years, almost six years later. Wow, Dude, she's been through like, you know, it really is interesting what happens when you start to really get vulnerable, you know? Like you just start to learn vulnerability through the process of recovery. and and but it still took a really long time for me to be okay and let my guard down with being vulnerable with this other human being. Yeah. Who like you know, because there's just parts of my brain in my life that I still have just I think are just they're not they're gross. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like I could sit down and share this with you, you know what I mean, but not with her. Mm. And then I had to start going to therapy for like oh, all my insecurities and shit like that because, you know, she would go out and she would go out with her friends. And in my mind, I'm thinking, she's not really out with her friends or that yeah. friend's not really gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think she'd come home. I'd be acting all passive aggressive <laughs> and fucking like immature, you know. And then, you know, she we're cooking dinner and I She's like we need to talk. And she starts telling me she's like. This is what I see. This is what's happening. This is how it makes me feel. Like real, <clears throat> grown
0: up. Some like, real grown up shit.
1: Shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, where'd you learn shit? that, dude? I probably <laughs> broke out in cold sweats. You know what I mean? Like, what the, fuck? you know? Yeah. And then it's know.
0: amazing when 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 people are like, because like, I, I think like, oh yeah, we have these tools because we're in sobriety and we're in recovery and we, you know, and, and but when somebody has that and they're just like a, a normal human being, you're like, oh wow, like like people people behave you know with like class and like integrity yeah
1: or it's like you know they they behave rather how do I put it man they behave with a level of consciousness yeah that is um it's absent of me right like like i i never really thought of other people or myself as deserving of like that type of of giving or love you know what i mean like yeah. i didn't like so to do something like for herself like that you know i was just like oh this shit this is serious you know cuz we had been together for like 2 years yeah before then and then like here we are like 6 years later dude and like you know at therapist after some years i still go to therapy you know you know, she she would tell me, why don't you just, you know, some of the things that you're insecure about, why don't you just tell her? Two things are gonna happen. Either she's gonna stay, or she's gonna fucking run for the hills, Mm -hmm. you know? But if you tell this person some of this fucked up shit that goes on in your head, that causes you to act out in the way that you do, and they stay, you probably wanna hold on to that. Mm -hmm. And then, so it still took like a year or two after that for me to start to feel comfortable doing, you know? And And then I did and then like she didn't fucking run for the hills nah. like this person just embraced me and just started to really love me for who I am and it was like this whole thing dude it's like this thing that really gives me goosebumps like this thing that I never wanted because I was just so afraid of loss mm. you know what I mean and he, most relationships I cut ties with are destroyed right like that fucking, like, like self-sabotage mm. because just like I'm incredibly sensitive, so sensitive. I feel everything so deeply, especially fucking pain, you know, that like to imagine this person, leaving is just so painful because, of course, it's rejection. Yeah, Yeah, of course it's me and I'm not good enough, of course, you know. And so, Hmm. but it was like in, you know, in those moments where I wanted to fucking run and I just, recovery was like, nope. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, like you do some real work, and I just stop running a fucking way from everything, wow. dude.
0: That's so true, man.
1: I gotta imagine it's very much like that for you, for like your business and everything, yeah. dude. Where you just like, no, yeah, I don't you get recommit. to run away anymore. You, you know just gotta mean? like,
0: yeah, trust, faith, faith, faith that if you do the work, that it'll eventually pay off. You know, yeah, through fear. You know, I yeah. had a I you know, I had a relationship, uh, a, a pretty serious one. For about two years, and uh,
1: I didn't know that. And it
0: was uh, in recovery, and yeah. it was um, it was very similar in that, like you know, she wasn't an alcoholic, but she and I would get jealous, and yeah. I, I would do the same thing. She would go out, and I'd be like, "What is she doing?" And I'd say, you know, how it gets just like psychotic. <laughs> and, oh, I love it. I love you know, it. And uh, and it was a, a similar thing. I think like somebody. Somebody mentioned like you know what I do whenever I'm feeling jealous I like tell her about it. Yeah. And not in a way that's like, you know, not in a way that's going You're doing be,
1: something wrong. Yeah, yeah, but in a
0: way of like, you know what, I this is how this is how I'm feeling and it's my shit. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm you don't deserve any way I lash out here, yeah, but this man. I just have to tell you that this is what I'm going through. And when she was so... When she showed me grace... Yeah, man. You know? And loved me through that. When I, for, for, through being honest like that. I, I, I was just so blown away. I was like, who is this human Because you thought being? for sure.
1: If you're like me, you thought for sure. Yeah. And this person is going to be like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm getting the fuck out. Give but it was fuck. like being
0: vulnerable like strengthened our relationship, brought us closer. Yeah. Made it, and, and made us love each other deeper.
1: Dude, unconditional radical fucking love, not just self love, but love for other people, man. Mm -hmm. Is uh is quite an experience. Yeah. Like that uh, like growing with someone. Mm. Dude, I've grown you know, she's seen a lot of my fucking, you know, uh what do they call that? Like the 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 growth, like the real ugly shit, dude. You know what I mean? In my personality and like have fucking I'm fucking breakdowns because of a math test. You know what I mean? And like Mm. stuff I never really wanted people to see. And she just loved me through it, man. But the thing was the communication, like there's a lot of really amazing things that happen in recovery. If I'm going to fucking really, you know, have some growth Mm. And that is fucking honesty. That's dude, it. Like the sickest honesty you can think of, the kind of honesty that makes me fucking cringe because those are the parts of who I am that I've tried to hide from the world for so long because I just thought it wasn't worth, you know what I mean, other people's time, other people's anything. I just thought that was just not.
0: They'll reject you.
1: Dude, yeah, I just thought it wasn't good enough. Yeah, You know, just, just not good enough.
0: Yeah, and it's it's amazing how like bringing the principles of the of of the twelve steps and the program and recovery that you learn um, into a relationship like I don't know that there's any arena in which I have made more progress spiritually than within that relationship.
1: Relationship, yeah.
0: Because I was very deliberate and intentional with it, you know. Yeah. What I mean, with the being honest and like you know and you know hey, if i'm not doing inventory in a in a relationship i am really fucking shit up really fucking shit you know? up, dude. Like, <laughs> If i'm not praying if i'm not talking to my sponsor a lot oh. in a relationship i am fu- i'm for sure fucking everything up Yeah. you know
1: yeah yeah if not the sponsor if not my therapist fucking somebody in the room mm. you know because it's real important that like i i talk with somebody else who has like a pretty good understanding of what it is that I'm going through.
0: Plus 15.
1: Dude, it's, it's look, I'm going to leave it on you. We're at Dude, 38. We, we're, we're at 38. We could talk about <laughs> love and honesty and compassion, understanding, and yeah, tolerance I mean, and, d- d- and d- d- sort of these like, you know, quote-unquote spiritual <laughs> principles. you know what I mean? Like these these kind of gifts from yeah. like something bigger than me for like I do I could it's it's weird that I can have conversations like this now. It's mm. fucking weird.
0: Yeah, I love them though. Like I fucking love. I mean it, that dude. that's what spurned this for this podcast. But uh, so like because I was having like for the first time in my life, you know, because first you like you have a spiritual experience and it blows you away. Yeah, it blows. It blew me away. Yeah, just and and it, and it's really just like the truth was finally. I don't know if it was like I finally saw the truth or I finally accepted the truth. And um, it it gave me this like release and relief that I'd been searching my whole life. And then I, you know, and then so like having the conversation with like people who'd had that that the same thing had happened to. Was exciting. Yeah. Was exciting because it's like something so profound and personal and meaningful to me. Another person, you can see it in their eyes. They yeah. relate deeply, and they're going, "Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah." And I remember thinking, "Man, these conversations are wild, bruh." Yeah. And like I said, we need. I need to. Somebody needs to start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that's why this whole thing got jumped off because I would. I was working at a, at a grocery store. Um, and people from the program, a few people in specific, specifically, but like I remember.
1: What grocery store are you working at? At the uh the I'm fresh say, hey, yeah. the fresh oh market. that's right the fresh market yeah, yeah. yeah, a, yeah. and
0: uh, and I and this one person would come in that and we would talk for an hour oh, about recovery yeah and it was so, and it, and I'm like fresh out of tr- treatment Man, you know good what for I mean? you <laughs> I was not talking <laughs> about <know>? that shit <laughs> I was excited about it you yeah. know and uh, and the fact that first the first the fact that this person was like. Taking their time and talking to me, and it felt yeah, like yeah. they enjoyed the conversation. Was yeah. Like you know, all, was great, awesome. I had never, really, I hadn't had that. You know, I don't think ever. And uh, and yeah, and, and it would, it, it just was such a light. You know, and I remember he, like, I would listen to podcasts on my on my bicycle, and I'd ride for miles. And yeah. and I was just like, man, somebody needs to do a recovery podcast. Yeah, and I bought the equipment, and. I put it on the shelf for like, shit, five, well, maybe not five years, like a good long
1: time, five years. Yo, know, that, that checks for real. <laughs> like, just, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Man, five years, huh? Mm. Damn.
0: Because I bought the equipment probably in 2013.
1: You did your first episode in 2018,
0: right? Yeah. So what is that? Five years?
1: Oh man, I love, I love, I love hearing that, man. <laughs> I really do, cause yeah. like I'm fucking procrastinating. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that procrastination. But I imagine it. It must have been fear too, right? Like, it was. I was afraid. You're busy of, too, right? Like, I was
0: afraid of the well. Back then, I wasn't necessarily that so busy that I couldn't do the yeah. podcast. I was afraid of the perception. Yeah. I was afraid that um, it would be frowned upon. Oh, of course. You know, yeah, yeah. and it, I think it is, but to some people. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I also didn't want to do anything. You know, I was new in recovery. I was, I was you know, a year or two sober. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I didn't want to do anything that was wrong. <laughs> that that was like you know. And yeah, I, and, you
1: and want to have I, respect for this thing exactly, that gave you life. You exactly. Know? Yeah. You know,
0: I didn't. And so I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't have enough experience of my own to know that maybe that this was, in in my opinion today, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. But at the time, I was like, now. I probably shouldn't do it. And so I just, you know, it stayed on the shelf. And then uh, one day, you know, I started doing them randomly. Um, I don't, I think uh, Earl was the first episode. and. Who um, oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Earl had got, you know, Earl had gotten. Was it Earl? Today. It was either Earl or it was Laura. But I remember Earl would come in here. And I didn't start it till I, till I moved in, until I started, till I opened up the shop. Yeah. He would come in here and we would have just great conversations. Yeah. He would come and just and stay for an hour sometimes, and he would be like, Andy, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> man, Andy, you know, yeah, I was so I was good. in prison and I was free for the first time. Yeah. I was like, shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we gotta record this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man,
1: and uh, I seen him today Yeah Yeah we worked together A couple of days ago uh,
0: He's great He's yeah. a great guy And uh, so yeah It was just like You know um, I think And then also And then also I, I talked about it To people and, yeah. and I just decided You know what I'm just gonna do this And I just think It's been such It's really been a blessing For me Getting to have These conversations With people It's
1: mm-hmm. like It's like You know the, the blessings Quote unquote Man is just like Moving through that fear Dude Like fucking courage Hmm courage like i didn't know what courage was i had to be fucking drunk or high to have any level of courage yeah you know and usually whatever courage i had was usually just fear yeah you know what i mean worked up into a frenzy to where like you You react just fucking just you know before you know it i'm setting somebody's car on fire (laughs) like literally you know what i mean like because like that's the shit I i did yeah but it's just like with, like, a lot of this process, like, you know, being honest and, like, growing with another person, like, that fucking growth, dude. It's, like, I, I started to have courage. Mm. I think, yeah, you like,
0: know? courage is, like...
1: Or, like, because, like, you know, like, like, courage, like, somebody says it's not, not the absence of fear. Yeah. Absence of fear, but it's having the fear. And doing it. Doing it in Yeah. Like, dude. you like,
0: learn to operate with... with Like, sometimes I... I um... I get like this like little bit of anxiety, you know when I have to do something, yeah fuck it. You know? yeah, dude where in the past everything where like, in the past, like if you know if that anxiety would, would I would just abandon what sure, it, I would abandon yep. whatever task yep. I had to do it was just yep. like that's not worth it, yeah, now I just learn to operate with that anxiety and use it, yeah, you know, yeah yeah and sometimes it's uncomfortable but it's like i go you know what this is like this is just the way some this might feel for a little while you know if i'm afraid to to go speak to somebody uh, if i'm afraid to speak at a meeting you know i mean like i'll feel anxiety and fear about that all day you know all day you know and it's like and sometimes i go like man is it worth it (laughs) I, but especially
1: the, once it goes it <laughs> happens you know like that's I was a little bit anxious about coming here because you know I'm always worried about like how I'm going to sound you mm-hmm. know am I going to be as good as the person that was here the last time you know and of course and, but that's, that's not, natural it's not just with this dude it's just like with a, a lot of things yeah. in and my life
0: yeah and I think there's a, like a level of acceptance in that and then going like this this fear may not disappear I'm just going to yeah. have to like Operate with it yeah. along, and and, and like yeah. really, it's like it is a tool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tool. Like I've never, I never, yeah. I never think of it like that, but it is a tool. Like, yeah, like anxiety is energy anxiety is like desire and, yeah. and, and it drives me sometimes to it can drive me to do the thing right yeah like I, if i'm if i'm working on something like yeah i'm a, i'm i have a little a level of a healthy anxiety that i'm that i'm that i need to do this job right if i don't have that then i'm yeah. just like putting it together saying here you go yeah you know because i'm yeah I also have a propensity for laziness yeah you know
1: I know it's real easy to go either full fucking anxious or just full fucking full One laziness with anxiousness. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's like uh, like when I got sober, I, I realized. That I had perfectionist tendencies. Oh, man. But I didn't know that because, like, the tendency I usually defaulted to was, like, I can't do it perfectly. I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah, at all. So I didn't realize that I had this, like, obsession to do things perfectly. Yeah. Because I just didn't do things at all because I couldn't. Yeah. You know, or I felt like I couldn't, you know.
1: And to learn what that's about. You know Mm. what I mean? To really learn, for me, like, what that perfectionism is about. Just, you know, like... Like this idea that if I don't do it all right, like what are people gonna think? And yeah. Then, you know, like just driven, driven by this fear yeah. of inadequacy an and in what people are gonna think about that. Right. And I don't think it's just like within us, dude. I think people all over live with this shit every fucking day. Yeah. We're know?
0: all, yeah. everybody's probably blindly driven by some shit. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's why, like, we're very lucky to have the the not I mean you have the tools but also like to have the um the grave nature of our situation that yeah, forces us forces to use it. the tools. That's the only reason I use them. Yeah. You know? That's the yeah. only reason I discovered them. Dude I wake you know? up
1: with my, my alcoholism every fucking day, dude. I noticed that oh yeah we started earlier, you know I work wake up at the crack of doom. Like I never <laughs> had I hardly ever do I have the delusion anymore that somehow I can be like other people who are like mm. quote unquote normal. You Know what I mean? Because, like, every day I wake up and I'm just like, there it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Gotta meditate, gotta yeah. pray. And, like, but it does get better though. Oh, it gets, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it gets way
0: better, right? Yeah, like, I mean, shit. if it would, if it didn't, god damn. I mean, just this <laughs> is what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking
1: about like before when I was anxious. Every day I would wake up. It's like fucking crack of doom. And all I could do was obsess about getting high or drunk. Mm -hmm. And now I wake up. Maybe I'm obsessing. I'm fucking losing my mind over a test. Right. Mm. Or I'm losing my mind about a social interaction. Mm -hmm. Or I'm losing my mind about going out on the porch and watering the plants because I'm, you know, thinking about what people think of me physically in my sleeping clothes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But. There's just like this new drive. there's like this new purpose yeah there's like this new sense of like of of like everything is gonna be okay even though I feel this way. you know, like I don't need I don't feel the need to drown out my existence with booze mm. and drugs any longer. like on my most anxious fucking day is better than my fucking yeah it's just it's better than you know, I was going to say better than my most fun times, <laughs> fucking partying, but I don't know about that. That was yeah. a lie. That was a lie. Yeah. But,
0: uh... I mean, I guess, like, if you, if you, like, you know, I don't know, you could probably frame it and make it make sense, but, like, man, some of those times out there
1: were nice. They were, they were, they were fun. <laughs> they were fun, they dude. Were fun. Like, like we were talking about, like,
0: the raves. Like, man, I used to, I was talking to somebody about that today, just, like, because they were from, like, I would go to this, this, uh, club and, uh, and the outskirts of Lafayette. Yeah. Um uh the Firestone. I don't know if you'd ever been there. No, I
1: I spent a little time in Lafayette, but yeah. not
0: and we would and that place was just legendary. And I remember that place was like a wonderland to me because <laughs> yeah. I was out of my fucking mind <laughs> yeah. every time I was there on <laughs> something wild. Yeah. Uh and uh and I I still think of those times as fun times. Like yeah. I don't th- I don't yeah. I don't feel the need to like demonize and make it sound like it was I was definitely on a path, you know, that, that you know, what I should I should have been on, shouldn't have been on. I don't know. But yeah. it was a path that was going to lead to my own like near near destruction, you know. Man. Uh but again, it's like am I grateful for the pain that I went through? Sometimes I am. Yeah. You know, so
1: I think I think you're right. Like you kind of said it a while ago. It's like without it, like you know, there's lots of people that do not get the opportunity to have a, you know, to have an opportunity to think differently, to stop being driven by the things that you know that, you know, drive them every day into like other forms of self destructiveness. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's people that, I, you know, that they have to live with their their anger their insecurity their pain their suffering and they don't have any solution to that yeah you know what i mean and here we are just going on and on <laughs> about all the things yeah all the ways our life are beautiful yeah beautiful you know?
0: is the word yeah we are running out of time
1: yeah yeah that's cool man that's cool <laughs> oh man i was like but but for real <laughs> shout out like this has been fucking sick dude like to be here and to be with you and to be on your podcast like it means the world like it yeah. really does to to be like asked
0: um i mean I, I mean this is my favorite thing to do yeah and i'm having a great time right now yeah so, you know, yeah <laughs> i'm glad just so you know like you're you, you, this has been a super like a, a super treat yeah.
1: yeah yeah and and also it's like
0: when when have you and I ever sat down and had a, such a conversation? Like, I, I mean, mean,
1: we were kind of the other night we were, at the we were tacos the other and, day. and yeah. shit. Yeah. but you
0: don't get you, you don't get the opportunity all the time dude, with people. So it's like this busy, is nice, dude. man. Just
1: always going from one thing to the next. Yeah, you know, I I tell myself like even when I moved down there, I'm like fuck. All the time, I'd be like man, I gotta go to Andy. I told him I was gonna come stop by. You know, staying in fucking like, Zach's Airbnb down the street for like yeah. six <laughs> weeks, and I never came over here one time. And That's I, right. And I would think about that. And I'd be like, "Fuck, why didn't I go?" Hollar to Andy. You know, I just like once I started going to school, dude, like that became my obsession. Yeah. And that was a big reason why I ended up, you know, having a slip. Yeah. Because. I would just like that insane idea. Not so much that I could have one, but I didn't need so much recovery. Yeah. Because look at me, I'm doing great yeah. in school. I got a relationship.
0: Recovery takes a back seat, man. And Dude, and, and it's and like, I think that's probably a, a, a very good lesson that we should glean from this podcast. Right. If yeah. Like-
1: that it does. Like, yeah, it gets better. Like, yeah, it's fucking weird. and It's uncomfortable. And sure. I don't want to do it a lot of the times, mm. but it's the thing that really gives me life. Like it really, it allows really? me to live dude it i have
0: nothing i have nothing without recovery
1: i and, you know i hate giving credit to like so anything other though. than my own capabilities but it's so true yeah without a spiritual connection without a connection in my sober community without a connection with you know the uh, my partner whether you know what I mean? like through like my life would be a, like I probably would not be alive today and that is not an exaggeration hmm. you know what i mean if i did not have recovery i don't know if i, I don't think i could be a person who's sober without a spiritual connection yeah. without a recovery community i i couldn't i could not do it yeah. i know that now yeah um yeah. and you know life is flourishing and Look at us,
0: man! Look at us, just fucking podcasting. All right, just podcasting. (laughs) This is the pinnacle of existence, my friend. This, this, (laughs) all right, right, mate. We got it. We, um, but we're about to run out of time, so I have to shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But dude, no, for real. Thanks again. No, thank you. Thank you.